myself out of the way, Lord, that I might be able to talk to you and have a relationship with you. And that's my prayer this morning for me. And I hope that's our prayer as a church. Lord, get me out of the way. When I think about that song I, I mean to go through, uh, I, uh, that's my thought this morning. Uh, as I mean to go through. Uh, I want to see Him. I get homesick. You say, well, preacher, you're fairly young, and I am. In the context of years, I guess, uh, some of y'all probably say, well, he's still wet behind the ears. Uh, but I get homesick. I get to reading about what God has done and what Jesus has gone to prepare. I get to longing for my long home, you see. I get to longing to, to be there with Him, as Sister LaVon said, uh, paradise. I get to wanting to be in His presence. And not that I don't enjoy the great blessings of this life and what God has done for me. Uh, I can't even begin to sit back and begin to count my blessings this morning. But I get to wanting to see Him and be with Him. But I'm thankful that there's coming a day that I'll be there throughout all eternity. As the ages roll on, I'll be in His presence. There was a song that said, Lord, I primitive sing it. They said, Lord, when I get home, I want to stand around the throne at least a million years to praise Him. Can you imagine that this morning? Being there for a million years. Jessica sings a song about getting a vision of heaven and she was singing that. And I was sitting on the corner of the bed last night and she was singing it. And boy, it just filled my heart up that she talked about she must keep traveling on because there's so many more faces to see. And this morning I'm thankful that I'm headed towards a country where I've got loved ones there that I want to see that's done went on to be with the Lord. And I'm going to see them. But the one that I'm looking for, the one that I've set my affection on, the one that I'm longing to see is the one that gave His life for me. That's the one that I want to see. And after I spend some... Listen, I don't know how long I'll be there gathered around the throne. I don't know. And listen, I'm not even worried about it. But there's coming today I'll... I'll get to see my family and my friends and my loved ones. But I'm looking forward to hearing the God that created everything look over at somebody like me and say, welcome home. Welcome home. I knew you was coming. Boy, he's, he's written my name down. And this morning, if you're a child of God, He's written your name down too. And He's looking for you. He's waiting on you. And there's coming a day that we're going to get to see. This morning, my thought, I don't know anything on your heart before we go any further into our text. Anything. I want you to follow the Lord this morning. Pray for us this morning. I need the Lord's help. I, 
I've got just a small fault, and uh, but I want to try to follow the Lord. Uh, uh, Brother Strode's been two for two. Uh, he sung a song last week that kind of related to my fault, and he sung another one this week. And so I want to talk about uh, one of the greatest, in my opinion, yeah, follow the Lord this morning. Amen. Bless. I want you to follow the Lord this morning. Anything else on your heart? Anything? I want to talk about this morning. And I want you to listen. I realize by nature, uh, I guess through my experiences of here in the last year, and I don't mean to beat y'all down with it, uh, but when I had my fall, I growing up, I thought I was ten foot tall and bulletproof. I grew up playing football. I uh, played through high school. I enjoyed lifting weights. I considered myself pretty useful, uh, youthful, I guess, and. And even to some extent, I guess you could say I worked all the time. I liked to be going and into something all the time. Whether I was working around home or, or whatever I was doing, I liked to stay busy. Uh, but when I had my fall, God opened my perspective up. Now, I had been preaching for many years that life could abruptly come to an end within the snap of a finger. Within just a blink of an eye. As James said, this life is but a vapor. We're here for just a little while. But when I opened my eyes after I had failed, it really began to come into perspective what God was trying to teach me through a lot of this. You need to slow down. And He really began to show me how quickly my life could have changed within just a blink of an eye. One moment I was fine. Uh, everything was going well. And the next thing I know, uh, I was uh, down on the ground unconscious and come to myself. I think Brother Don uh, had a fall back uh, last summer or the summer before, and uh, he can relate a lot to that. It happened so quickly. And this morning I want you to understand uh, how quickly your life can end. 
Now I realize this morning that you say, well preacher, we know all of this. But I want you to get it this morning. Because you may not have another opportunity past today to seek God for the salvation of your soul. We're not promised a tomorrow. But my friend, you've got right now, you've got today, you've got this very moment to seek God and to make things right, to seek Him and find Him precious to your soul. This morning you may be here and lost and you may be lost for a long time. Maybe you're trying to figure things out. Listen to me this morning. You're not going to figure it out this way. You're going to have to figure it out this way. You're going to have to trust in God completely with everything. Surrender to Him and be willing to give it all over and trust in Him completely. I'm thankful this morning. Y'all bear with me. I'll get into my subject here in a minute. I heard Brother Luke made a statement one time and boy, it stuck with me. He made the statement, he said, we oftentimes say that you've got to live with whatever decisions you've made. My friend, the salvation that God has given you, you need to be willing to die with it. It needs to settle in your heart that much that when it comes your time to to close these eyes in death and you draw your last breath and this this life comes to an end because my friend, that's the only experience that none of us know anything about. Well, we can't go and talk to someone who's passed away, can we? What happens? But yet God's Word tells us what happens. And my friend, this morning, you need to be able to die with what God gives you. So are you confident? Are you trusting Him? Are you making excuses? Are things standing in your way? What is it this morning? We want to try to speak to a little of those things. There's a a common trend, and I think maybe it's always been this way, that as a society of people that we're always looking for the next best thing, whether it be the next automobile. Uh, When I was younger and uh, 14, 15 years old, the next best thing was was to me was driving. Uh, The next best thing beyond that was graduating high school. And the next best thing from that was uh, getting a job. And the next so on and so forth. Marrying someone. Having children. Becoming established. I was always looking for the next best thing. This morning, we want to try to talk to you about the next best thing. When I began to think about this subject, I thought about Stephen as we sung about this morning. Stephen, as we begin to, uh, well, I'll just look over there. We'll read that. Y'all pray for us this morning. I need the Lord's help. It says, Stephen, here in the sixth chapter, in the eighth verse, it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Going down to the tenth verse there, and it says, They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. And it said, And they... And then they born men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they began to set uh, their eye on him. And yet we know then through the next chapter that Moses, uh, excuse me, that Stephen began to stand up and he began to preach and to speak to them about the things concerning Moses 
and about the coming of the Lord Jesus and about the things that He had done. And that would bring us on over uh, to what we want to get into about our subject as far as Paul. But basically, at the end of this, Stephen stands up and he says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised to the heart and ears, do you always resist the Holy Ghost? As your fathers did, and so do ye. He said, Which of the prophets have not fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which shewed before the coming of the just one, and whom you have been now the betrayers and the murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have not kept it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, The Lord Jesus, receive my sight. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And my thought this morning really pertains to the Apostle Paul. And as Stephen began to stand up and declare to them the gospel, he said, these things you have known. He said, but yet you do not want to hear them, and yet you do not want to receive them. And I began to think about uh, what Brother Strode and, and what Brother Steve made mention of last Sunday. They said, this is the only way I've ever known. And my friend, I'm thankful this morning that uh, this old time way, my friend, it's all I've ever known and it's all I, I'm ever going to be able to preach about. I'm thankful to know of a knee-routed, heartfelt salvation, something that God settles in your heart. And my friend, when God settles in your heart, you know it to be true and you know it to be real. Nobody has to tell you about it. Nobody has to come up and whisper something in your ear. I thought about Sister Angela and how I could relate to what she said. How I was deceived as a young child. But I'm thankful, my friend, this morning, when I was a nine-year-old boy, listen, God convicted my heart. And I knew that I was lost and separated from God. And without Him, that hell would be where I would go. You say... You knew that at nine years old? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. As that preacher was preaching to me, and listen to me this morning, he was preaching right to me. And as he was preaching the Word of God, my heart was pounding and pounding. My heart was broke. And my friend God was dealing with me. And He just kept pounding on my heart, letting me know that I was lost and undone with Him. Listen to me. Have you ever felt that before? This morning, are you here and lost and you've been putting it off? Are you hiding behind yourself saying, I'll deal with this at a better, at a more convenient season? There may not be another convenient season. For today, you have today to seek God. 
But as Paul, uh, he was called Saul at the time, and he was a Pharisee. He was studied. He knew the law. He was a scholar. And my friend, as he was there, he was holding the coats of those that were stoning Stephen. But I truly believe in my heart that God was working on him. I believe Paul, as we know him, was convicted. He had uh, the opportunity to go and to bring charges on those that were of the church. He had letters to go into Damascus. The Scripture says here, and I'm, I'm going to be a little bit everywhere, but I'll get to my final place. He says here in the ninth chapter, He said, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus and to the synagogues that he might, uh, that he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, for it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And him trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told unto thee what thou must do. And when the men uh, which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man, and Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, uh, but they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And I want to stop there uh, with the mistakes that we made reading, and I know most of us are familiar with this. But I want to tell you this morning what God's convicting power is able to do. Uh, this man was a Pharisee. He had sat at the feet of Gamal. He was studied. He was a scholar in the law. And my friend, he was uh, totally against the preaching of the church. He was against Stephen. He had it in his heart. He knew what was right. But as, as Stephen began to stand up and boldly proclaim the Word of God, he said, listen, you stiff neck and uncircumcised to the heart. He said, why do you always resist the Holy Spirit? And my friend, still today, there's people resisting the Holy Spirit, the drawing power of God. And my friend, why do we sit there and continue to resist and resist and resist when Jesus, that's Him that's knocking on your heart, and He's saying, come to me if you want to be saved, if you're tired of packing that old heavy load. Listen, if there's a fear in your heart this morning of going to hell and burning throughout all of eternity, God has made a way this morning that you might be saved so why do you sit there? And why do you resist the drawing power of God? Why? Well, it's in our nature, isn't it? It's in our nature. Some of us are afraid that we're going to be embarrassed. We don't want people to see us. Uh, listen, this morning, 
Uh, some people might say, well, uh, I'm older or I'm younger or whatever it is. But my ch- listen to me, church. When the church begins to pray, and my friend, the church gets behind it and praying that God convict them. My friend, I'm telling you, when God gets a hold of them and the power of God comes down, I don't believe it. Listen, I'm not talking about an irresistible grace this morning, but I'm telling you, they'll make a move. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. The power of God becomes so real to me. I felt like I had to get some kind of relief. My heart was pounding 90 miles an hour. I was scared to death that I was going to burn for all eternity. I didn't want to go to that awful place. And it's awful. But yet, Jesus said, I've gone to prepare you a place. A place like we can't even imagine this morning. That John wrote in his description, he said, and listen to me this morning, I don't know if it literally means it, but I'm telling you, it'll be far beyond what we can even begin to imagine. He said, there's no more death there. There's no more wars. There's no more pain. He said, it's got streets of gold and gates of pearl. He said, there's no need of the sun because Jesus will be the sun. He is the light of that city. Church, lost people, I want you to know and understand something this morning. This is not a game. We're dealing with eternal matters this morning. I don't know your heart. I don't know anybody's heart. I'm thankful this morning my heart bears witness with some of your spirits. Uh, Our spirit bears witness and I've got confidence in what you tell me. But the only person that I know confidently about this morning is me. And that's it. I know what God's done for me. I know it to be real. So this man named Saul, he was convicted He was cut to the heart. But I believe God began to work on him. And as he was journeying on towards Damascus, a great light shined about him. And my friend, this morning, the light of the gospel is still going out. I've never seen a light from heaven. I've never heard an audible voice. But my friend, this morning, I'm thankful God has been able to speak to my heart. And I have felt His light. I have felt His presence in my life. I still feel His presence. I'm thankful when I'm riding up down the road in the truck or if I'm in the tractor cutting hay or whatever I'm doing, I can feel the presence of God. It's not just subjected here to this church. I felt it in my home. It's everywhere. But He said, He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the priest. 
My friend, when God is drawing you, it's awful hard to resist. But I'm not saying this morning that you can't. I've heard lots of people say, well, I went years and years and years and years being lost. Listen this morning. It don't have to be that way. My friend, when you go to God and you surrender everything, turn it all over to Him, quit clinging on to this world. Quit clinging on to the things that are going to perish and turn it all over to God, knowing that you trust in Him with everything. God, when I, woo, when I draw my last breath, woo, when I draw my last breath, I'm going to be with Him. Don't you cry for me. Don't you shed one tear. Because I'm not here anymore. I'm with Him. I'm going to my long home. That's where I want to be with, with Him. I'm thankful for this life. But honey, I'm trying to raise my children up. And I want them to know God. Because I want them to be with me. I want them to be saved. I want them to know how good He is. And how real He is. Because I want them to be there with me. And I want you to be there too. I want us all to be there. I want to be gathered around the throne singing about Him while the ages roll on. Listen to me this morning. It can be that way if you if you'll go to Him. It can be that way if you go to Him. He said, why do you... He said, it's hard to kick against the pricks. Listen to me. When God's knocking on your heart... And He's drawing you. And He's drawing you. He's drawing you because He loves you. He's drawing you because He loves you and He wants to save you. He's saying, come. Come to Me. And I'll give you life. And I'll give it to you more abundantly. Come to Me. This morning, if you feel that in your heart and you know that you've never been saved, make a move. Make a move. Listen to me. God works on the heart. You know what Satan's doing? He's right here and out of here. And he's saying, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Listen to me this morning. Ain't a single person here going to laugh at you. You make a move towards God. This church wants you to get things worked out. This church wants you to be saved. This altar is an awful good place to come. But listen to me, you can be saved in your seat. I think about I was talking to one person one day. I ain't even got to my main text yet. That's all right. 
was talking to a man one day, and I love him. I'm not going to call his name. I love him. He's the finest man as I've ever met. Good moral man. I told him, I said, I can't tell you that you've been saved. He said, I wouldn't want you to know. That's something that each and every one of us have to get worked out on our own. And I don't know what's standing in His way. Sometimes, I've made it here before, I've made mention, sometimes we overcomplicate this thing. Sometimes we overthink it. We think, well, I... I'm going to experience something real big. Something big is going to happen. Listen, it's just peace. That's it. Peace. That when the end of this life comes, my friend, you've got a peace in your heart. How many times have you looked at old saints that's been saved? I knew one over there at Hilltop. Her name was Sister Mary. Bless her heart, she's eat up with cancer. You went over there to see her. And over there at the hospital. And she said, don't you cry for me. She said, don't you shed not one tear. She was on her deathbed. And she said, don't cry for me. I'm going home. Listen, that means something to me. That strengthened my faith. Here was a woman I had watched grow up since I was in my teens. And as she was drawing the end of her life. Within just a matter of hours. She knew where her hope stood. Listen to me this morning. I've been all over the place. I think about, to me, what one of the greatest sermons the Apostle Paul ever preached was. This is my opinion. This man had set out to reap havoc on the Lord's church. God saved him there on the road to Damascus. That's what I believe. He saved him. He set his heart. The Bible says he went into Arabia. He said he learned of no man, but he learned from Jesus Christ. And he come back and he began to preach. He went several miles. He went into the mission field establishing and setting up churches and doing all these things. Listen, this morning, as bad as you may want to work for God, this morning, if you're here and lost, what He desires from you is to be saved. I would never discourage anybody from singing. I would never discourage anybody from any of that. But that's not going to save you. You've got to have a person who listened to me this morning. Living a good life, all that's well and good. But it's not going to get you there. You've got to know Him personally. A broken heart and a contrite spirit. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Not to be repented of. Godly sorrow. Why would you have godly sorrow? Because it's because of me and you that Jesus Christ laid down His life. He took His sin. Listen, He took mine and your sin upon Him. This morning you think about everything you've ever done throughout your life. Examine your life this morning. Think about those things. Everything you've ever done that you wouldn't want anybody to find out about. Listen, Jesus Christ 
paid the price. He did. Paul, over here on Mars Hill, and I'm going to end just here in a minute. Seventeenth chapter says, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. And when he saw the city wholly given into idolatry, he said, Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met him. Certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him. And some said, What will this babbler say? Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know this new doctrine whereof thou speakest to us. For thou bringest strange things to our ears, and we would know therefore what these things mean. For all the Athians and strangers, which which there were spent their time in nothing else but to hear, but to either tell or hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive in all things that you were too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worshipped, him I declare unto you. God had made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and the earth, and dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needeth anything. Saith he give it to all life and breath and all things. And he hath made one blood all nation of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and to abound their habitation that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though we not be far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own prophets has said, for we also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that God, that the Godhead is like unto gold and silver or stone engraven by art and man's devices. I won't stop there for just a moment. As Paul was in Athens, and these philosophers always looking for some new thing. And this morning we live in that society, we're always looking for the next big thing. They were always looking to learn and perceive what the next thing was. They had a God, uh, they had a, a, an idol and a God erected for everything. And then they decided, well, just so we cover all our bases, we're going to erect this altar to the unknown God. He said, we want to make sure that we cover everything. And Paul here, he says, I perceive that you're too religious, too superstitious in all things. He said, for you have served this uh, unknown God ignorantly. He said, you, you didn't even realize that you are doing it. And this morning, I want you to understand, I'm trying to declare to you the unknown God. I want you to know how good He is and what a blessing that He can be to your life and how He wants to save you. And my friend, if you'll come to Him this morning, as Paul said, he said, if they should seek the Lord and happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. Listen, this morning His presence is here. He desires to save. I believe He could clean off our altars this morning. If we of a church would just pray, God, would you convict them? I want to see them get to a place, Lord, where they, they can't even sleep. I, I want to see them, God, where they can't even eat. I wanted to get that that convicted. Listen to me this morning. That's how real it is. 
He said, if they might would just feel after him. Feel after him how? As a blind man might feel his way around. I thought about what John says over there in the gospel. You remember that blind man that was over there? He was blind from being a child. And they said, how can these things be? How can this man see? I went to his parents and they said, is this your son? He said, yes, this is my son. They said, how in the world can he see? He said, one thing I know, I, I can't tell you much about this man named Jesus, but he said, one thing I can tell you for sure is where I was blind, now I can see. And this morning, that's the way it was for me. I was blind. I wanted to be saved. I'm going to tell you this morning, before God can save you, you've got to want to be saved. You've got to want it. What is it this morning? What's it going to feel like? Well, it's the greatest thing I've ever felt in my life. And I'm thankful from time to time, God still lets it bubble up over inside me. I'm thankful this morning. You want to know Him? Are you looking for the next best thing? I promise you, Jesus is the next best thing. You might be thinking this, or listen, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're looking for in your life. But Jesus Christ and the salvation that He's put in my heart has never grown old, it's never tarnished. To me, it's still just as brand new as the day God put it in there. And I'm thankful this morning that I'm looking for a home. That's the next thing I'm looking for. I'm looking for Him. I'm looking for a city that He's going to prepare. But this morning, if you're here in Lawrence, feel after Him. Search for Him. Look for Him. Church, let's pray for the convicting power of God. Brother Strode, would you get us a song? If you're here in Lawrence this morning, you need to be saved. You need to be saved more than anything. You've got situations that's going on in your life and you can't figure them out. You ain't going to... Listen. We sing a song, I couldn't even walk without Him holding my hand. I'm not saying life's going to be easy. But you want to get started in the right direction. You need to be saved. Go ahead. 165, 165.